Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hello and welcome back. So I'm recording here with the windows open in early March. I don't know about where you are, but it's like a heat wave here. It's going to be a high of 80. I'm in North Carolina, and if you don't like the weather here, just wait a minute and it will change. Tomorrow it's literally going to be a high in the 50s. But today it is absolutely gorgeous and I have all the windows open in the house and I'm listening to birds and so I hope wherever you are you're able to get outside and enjoy some fresh air today. So anyway, today's episode, I wanted to focus on what does it actually mean to sit with big feelings, to allow the feelings, to welcome the feelings. You might hear this all over Instagram or You might be hearing me talk about welcoming feelings, allowing space for feelings. What does that actually look like in practice? Because I think that's a tricky thing, right? So first of all, I just want to say that the reason that we hold space for our kids' feelings and the reason that is so important, and I have mentioned this before, but it bears repeating, is that we want our kids to feel safe Knowing that they can tolerate any and all feelings. We want kids to know that feelings are much like waves in the ocean. They come and then they go, right? Another way to think about that, another analogy, because you know I love analogies, is like weather. Like I just talked about, right? It's 80 degrees today, but tomorrow it's going to be 50. The weather comes and the weather goes. If it's raining, it will stop raining at some point, right? And sometimes... You know, you have a monsoon and it's raining for days and sometimes you have a drought and it's dry for days. Sometimes feelings are more intense. Sometimes they last a little longer, but they always eventually go. And if we can sit with our kids confidently and calmly as they're expressing these big feelings and sharing them with us, I want you to think about it like that. They are sharing these feelings with you. It might feel like They are doing something to you, but they are actually sharing these feelings with you. And this is the foundation for them coming to you in those teenage years and saying, Hey mom, something happened at a party this weekend that I want to talk to you about. I am so serious when I say that sitting with your toddler, sitting with your baby in these big feelings, you are building that foundation now for them coming to you later with these big, important topics. So we want to teach them that we are not afraid of their feelings. And we do that by modeling, by showing them, by sitting with these feelings and welcoming them. Janet Lansbury says, roll out the red carpet for these feelings, right? So I I love that analogy. It's just such a beautiful way of saying not just welcome them, but like roll out the red carpet and like really, really invite these feelings. Now, again, This gets tricky because most of us were taught the opposite growing up, either explicitly or implicitly that, you know what, feelings are bad, get away from them, get back to happy. You might still feel like that. And so it might be really challenging to sit with these feelings, but it's really important that we do. 
So what does it look like to sit with big feelings? What does it look like to welcome the feelings? You've probably heard that validating what your child is feeling is important, right? And it is. I think sometimes we can get into the trap of validating feelings. Oh, yeah, you feel so mad about that, hoping that they will stop. If I validate, that should get the feeling to stop, right? And sometimes validating makes the feeling even bigger, right? It's like, oh, you get me. This is safe to express. I'm going to express it more. How deeply your child feels something, how intensely your child feels something is not something you can control. So validating with the goal of having your child stop feeling is never going to be a fruitful exercise for you. It's going to be frustrating. It might backfire because children can sense when we're really empathizing with them versus when we're like, okay, when are you going to be done? Okay. So really check in with yourself because allowing feelings really means exactly that allowing the feeling for as long as it needs to happen. And I will talk today a little bit about what do you do when you have to be somewhere? Like I get it. Life happens. And sometimes you're on the way to the doctor's appointment or to school and you can't just sit there and allow the feelings all day. I get that. That's reality. And we'll talk about what to do in those situations. But to the extent that you can, you are going to allow those feelings to come out for as long as they need to come out. And if they are flying out of your child in an unsafe way with hits and unsafe, you know, destroying things or pushing or any of that, you're going to contain that. And we'll talk about that too. I'm going to dive into really intense meltdowns in a separate episode. But suffice it to say that you are going to keep your child safe. And outside of that, you're going to let your child share these feelings. So I think to illustrate, it's helpful to have examples of these things. And I sat with really big feelings yesterday with my four-year-old. So I feel like that's a good place to start. So what that looked like. Okay. He was outside after school playing with his brother. They were having a great time for a long time, actually, like I was able to make a whole meal. So, you know, take that for what you will. It was pretty amazing. They were having a great time until they weren't. (laughs) And then I don't know what happened. There was a conflict. My older child said, I don't want to play with you anymore. And my four-year-old was not having that. It's really hard for kids to feel rejected like that. And so I went outside to help him with those feelings because I think it's really important. And again, this is a separate episode, but I think it's really important to support our kids in the boundaries they set. So when one kid's done playing, then we support them in setting that boundary and help the other child with their feelings, right? We don't want any of our kids to feel like it's their job to bend to please others. So I went outside to help him with his feelings and what that looked like in practice It was not this beautiful, like, oh, you're so upset. Come give me a hug. That is not how this looked. He ran away from me. He didn't want me to come outside. And he started throwing toys in our direction. So I had to go and physically pick him up. And again, that wasn't like, oh, mommy, thank you for picking me up. It was like kicking and screaming. And I carried him inside and It was like wrestling an angry tiger, like getting him through the screen door. Like, I just want you to picture this. It was not pretty, but I knew that he needed to go with me, not, not to time out, not alone, but with me to a safer, less stimulating environment outside the backyard was too much for him in that moment. And being so close to his brother who was rejecting him was too much in that moment. Right? So 
I carried him upstairs. And again, once we got to his room, I said to him, it's my job to keep you safe. He told me to go away. I said, it's my job to keep you safe. I'm going to stay here with you. And, you know, he came over and started hitting me. I had to stop him. I won't let you hit. I see that you have some really intense feelings about this, right? But I'm not going to let you hit me. Over and over. And eventually, you know, he still kind of needed to keep some space between me and him. He was not fully ready to come over and have a hug. So he sat with his back to me for a little while. And I picked up some Lego pieces and just started to build on my own. And slowly he turned around. I mean, and this was like 10 minutes later too. This was not immediate, right? And then came over and started building with me. And I said, gosh, it is so hard when your brother doesn't want to play with you. And he said, yeah. But he was not ready to hear that in the beginning. And in the beginning, he didn't even want anything to do with me. So just so that you see, like sitting with big feelings is not always pretty. It's not validating feelings is not always this instant aha moment. It's messy and it's hard. And I had to take deep breaths and remind myself that my job was to keep him safe and that it was okay that he was rejecting me. Like I had to say all of these things to myself so that I could stay calm and regulated. And then after he was calm, I asked him if he wanted to take a bubble bath and because it was almost dinner time and I figured, you know, sometimes that just sensory experience of a warm bath can be a really lovely thing when kids are kind of coming off of a meltdown. So I invited him to do that and he did. And that was that. Like he came down for dinner and everything was fine. Everything was fine between him and his brother. Sometimes they talk about these things after the fact. Sometimes they don't and that's okay. But that's what it looked like in that moment to sit with those big feelings. Another example, my four-year-old often protests about going to preschool, right? He has a great time once he's there, but doesn't always want to go, especially on the first day of the week. He goes Wednesday through Friday. So especially on Wednesdays, it's really hard. And so, you know, sitting with feelings in that instance looks a little bit different than it did with the meltdown where I could take him to his room and just sit with him as long as I needed to, especially because I already had dinner made, right? Um, that would have looked different if I hadn't had dinner made. So you get the idea that we have to, we have to think about real life too. But in, in these mornings where we're getting ready for school, I can't just stop everything and say, oh yeah, you don't want to go to school, right? So what I'm doing is I'm saying, you don't want to go to school. Oh, I get that. Tell me more about that. Oh yeah. You don't like nap time. Okay. Cause this kid hasn't napped since he was two and he's four now and they have nap time and he doesn't sleep, but I think it's really boring and quiet and he doesn't really like, we don't even do rest time when he's home. He just doesn't need that. But preschools are required to do that. So I, you may have a child in a similar situation, but he doesn't love that time of day. And so he talks about that. I don't like nap time. And sometimes I don't know what to do during work cycle. And I don't know what to do with this or what if this happens or that, right? He just needs to say all of these things. He needs to verbalize them. I wish I could stay home with you. So I'm literally grabbing his lunchbox and I'm putting his shoes on him and I'm saying, oh yeah, you don't want to go because of nap. I get that. You wish you could stay home. What would we do if we could play together all day? What would that be like? And he's going, oh, it would be so fun. And we would have Legos and then tears are coming. Can I stay home? Oh, you really want to stay home. And I'm like literally like walking to the car, right? And in 
these situations, he walks with me. But there have been times where he hasn't, and I've had to pick him up, and I've had to put him in the car seat, and he's screaming at me and going, I don't want to, no, and I'm taking deep breaths to stay calm and going, I know, I know you don't want to get into the car. Gosh, I really get that as I'm buckling him. Okay, so in that moment, what holding space for those feelings looks like. And then the whole way to school, we're talking about how much he doesn't want to go. And then we get there, he wipes his tears, we have a big hug, and he runs off with his teachers. One of the things to know about school resistance is that when we start to give into that and we say, okay, well, you don't have to go. Or if we say, oh, you don't want to go, and we express anxiety thinking, oh, no, am I doing the wrong thing by sending him? Kids pick up on that. And that is where we get into this true resistance to school, right? So if you allow the feelings and you talk about it and you say, oh yeah, tell me more about it. As you're getting ready for school, calmly, breezily, your child picks up on that confidence and says, oh yeah, okay, cool. School is safe. And I'm also safe to express my feelings about it. Both things are true. So that's really key, right? And I'll talk more about school resistance. Again, that's a separate episode. It could be its own whole book, but that is something that we'll talk more about at a later point. But that's just another example of sitting with feelings. Here's another example of sitting with feelings. Let's say your child comes home from school and says, my friends didn't want to play with me today. I'm stupid. Nobody likes me. That's a tough one. What do we want to say in that moment? We want to say, oh, don't be silly, honey. Everybody likes you. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, those friends are just dumb. That's their loss, right? That's what we want to say. We want to protect our kids. We think they're wonderful and we want everyone else to think that too. But that's not sitting with the feelings. So what do you say in that moment? How, what does it look like to sit with those feelings, to allow those feelings? Well, it looks like this. You say, huh, your friends didn't want to play with you today. You feel like you're stupid. Wow, that's really hard. Thank you for sharing that with me. Do you want to tell me more about it? Okay, that is sitting with the feeling. You're not fixing it. You're not reassuring. You're just holding space. Because that, the holding space for your child to share these things with you, that is what is truly going to empower them to feel confident. Not you telling them, that their friends are being silly or that of course they're not stupid or that of course they're a good artist or whatever it is. Hold space for what they are sharing with you. Let it be. Again, it's not your job to fix it. So that's a tricky one, right? But that's what it looks like to hold space for that sense of I'm not good enough is literally just to let it be. You don't have to fix it. And your child is not going to feel this forever. Think about the last time you had a moment like that. You had the moment and then you moved on, right? Your child will move on too. Your child is not going to internalize a sense of not being good enough because you held space for a feeling. And in fact, when you can't hold space for that feeling, your child actually internalizes the sense that like, oh, yikes, like maybe I am not good enough. My mom's working really hard to convince me that that's not true. She seems really spun up about this. Yikes. Maybe, maybe there's some truth to this. 
versus if you can hold space and go, oh, you feel like you're stupid, your child's going to work through that feeling and it's going to pass. Okay. So holding space for these challenging feelings is just as important as holding space for the feelings that we find easier to hold space for. Another example, let's say that your child is angry with you. We talked a lot about anger a couple episodes ago. So if you didn't listen to that episode, I highly suggest going back and listening because it's really, anger is a tricky thing, especially when our kids are expressing anger at us. But your child is angry with you and says, I hate you. You're the worst mommy ever. That's a hard thing to hear. And what do we want to say? We want to say, you don't hate me. Don't say things like that. That is so mean, right? You don't mean that. We might even feel pulled to punish, right? But that's not holding space for that feeling. So what do you say when your child says, I hate you, or you're the worst, or something of that nature? Sometimes our kids need to reject us. And here's the rub on that. They are rejecting you because you are a safe person to reject. They know you're not going anywhere. They know that they can express that anger this way to you. And again, it's not conscious. It's not premeditated. It's not like, oh, I'm going to say this to my mom. It's how the feeling's flying out of them. Okay. But they also know, like they wouldn't say that to their teacher, right? They have this secure, trusting relationship with you. And they know that if they let this out with you, it is safe. And so what do you do? You hold space. You say, oh, boy, you must be feeling really bad to say that to me. Or you feel like you hate me right now. That's a really hard thing to feel. I hear you. Or you might say, gosh, you really want me to know how bad you feel right now. I get it. I really get that. That's what you say when your child says, I hate you. That's holding space for that feeling. That's what it looks like. If your child is sad, holding space doesn't look like, oh, but look, but we can go do this other thing. Let's say that you had a trip and it gets canceled, right? Oh, but we can still do this. Or what if we watch a movie instead? Or, you know, any number of things that you might say to try to talk your child out of that feeling. That's not holding space. Holding space is, wow, yeah, you really, really wanted to go to the museum today. I, I get that. It's really hard when we had plans and then they get canceled. You might even share, I feel disappointed too, right? That's holding space. That's allowing space for that feeling. Circle of Security Parenting uses the term being with, being with that feeling. So whatever really, there's a lot of ways of saying it, allowing space, holding space, letting the feelings be, being with. All of those are just different ways of saying that you are letting your child's feeling come out of them for as long as it needs to, making sure they're safe, but outside of that, letting them have their feelings and letting them know that you get it, that you understand them. So however you need to conceptualize it, you can use any of those phrases or come up with your own. But the key here is to remind yourself in these tricky moments that your job is to let the feelings be. And that's it. That's it. It's all Keep your child safe. Let the feelings be. If you can do those two things while staying calm yourself, that is one of the biggest gifts you can give your child. So your challenge for this week, when your child is expressing a feeling, check in with yourself. Am I letting this feeling be? 
And if not, how can I let this feeling exist? What do I need to do right now? What do I need to say? How can I convey to my child that this feeling is safe with me? And that's it. That's the goal here, right? That's the work. So I hope you're able to do that this week. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My Complete Guide to Meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at raiseresilient.com grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.